We love you, Lord. I thank you so much for the Iron Show and for my friends, Johnny and Rick, Lord. Father, I thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you so much, Jesus. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? When did you start doing the Iron Show, anyway? Rewind. <clears throat> Let me rewind to uh, back to 07. There I was, all freaking out, ghosts uh, rattling chains and moaning, dark spirits going through my va- my brain, and I started having a heart attack. And I reached down to my iPod, and there was a, a show I downloaded called Future Quake. And it was uh, Dr. Future, and it was uh, Future Quake 64 that uh, was recorded between Dr. Future and Peter Goodgame earlier that year. This was uh, late 07. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I just, uh, it was the only Christian thing I had in my iPod. And uh, I just turned that thing on, and Future Quake 64. Uh, with Peter Goodgame, uh, Doctor Future's uh, gentle voice, and uh, Peter Goodgame's gentle voice, and their manners and the love they had, uh, really spoke to my heart, and I, I really believe that it stopped a heart attack dead on. And uh, I sat there in that corner listening to that Future Quake 64 for the next two days. <laughs> Hello? Uh, what's, what do you got? I, I was just, I was just, um, sitting here in the Iron Show studio, and, uh, you know, uh, I was just, I hit the wrong knob, and, <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I wrote this song, just for you. Oh, no. It's so nice to be with you on the you know what you know what we do with demons we cast them out <laughs> oh oh it's, it's time to go oh there i am huh <laughs> my kids were cracking up hey do you remember your old friend this is me I just don't like the things you've been saying about me. (laughs) (laughs) You have to stop that. Uh Hi. Welcome to the Iron Show. It's your boy Johnny. And I am down here, pounding the old anvil with my host, co-host. Hey, Johnny. How you doing? Oh. I'm fine. Ah, I was just wondering, since we're going to have a nice, quiet conversation, could I ask you a question, Pete? Sure, Johnny. Anything. We are down here, and 
we have filling in as my host co-host, Mr. Peter Goodgame. What's up, Pete, man? What's up, Johnny? Good oh, no, let's here, not. Man. Yeah, it's good to be here with you, man. Chilling with the Pete. That's what I'm talking about, man. Hey, uh, I know you got a couple shout-outs, so uh, dig deep, think hard, and shout it out, Pete, shout it out! <laughs> Hello, world! Alright! <laughs> Hello, Iron Show Land! Yeah. Are you crazies that, that like to listen to Johnny? <laughs> Are you unique people? Peculiar? Strange people? What's up? What's up? I would like to give a shout out uh, to a few people. Uh, of course, Dr. Future. Tom Dr. Bionic. Future! What's up? Doc! Busy Boy, Busy Boy, Tom Bionic. Love you, man. Chris White, Derek and Sharon Gilbert. Eric. Grok. My boy Grok from the Grok Show. Grok Show. And uh, Karen and uh, and uh, Rick and uh, and Suze. And wait quickly. Wait, 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 wait quickly. Wait quickly. And I would like to give a shout out to a, uh, to a special person that uh, uh, really helped out the Iron Show from the beginning. And uh, she's a big fan of yours, Pete. And you probably never heard of her. But her name is uh, Carol, or White Rose, from the World of Prophecy. And I want to say I love you, Carol. Will you say hi to White Rose for us, Pete? Hi, White Rose. Right on. God bless you, White Rose. Right on. She'll be, she'll be really glad to hear, from, hear you say that. And another, another shout-out I'd like to give to... Um, to my boy CJ at uh, Sword of the Spirit, and I just like to say CJ, man. What's up? What's up? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Wow, Johnny, you're like all over the place, man. <laughs> you got your own little internet empire. <laughs> yes, we're down here on the Iron Show studio. And, uh, of course, uh, you haven't heard anything yet, of course, but... Uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna go into my vocal sound effects here, but maybe I'll back off a little bit here. So, anyway, as the music fades out, uh, we don't have any conversation planned for tonight. Me and Peter, good game, and he's hanging out in his. Uh, are you in your living room? Yeah, I'm in my living room, just finishing up a, a Jamba Juice. Just picked the kids up from school. Right on. <laughs> Got him neutralized uh, so far. Slurp that again. Wife's not home from work yet. I heard you slurping that. Soon she might jump in. Right on. Hey, it'd be good to have her. Yeah. I uh, I heard you slurping that Jamba Juice. Can you slurp it again for us here on the Iron Show again? There's not much left. Come on, do it. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Ah. Oh yeah. Ah, That's what I'm talking about. The only place you're going to hear Peter Goodgame slurping a Jamba Juice is on the Iron Show. What's up? <laughs> okay, as we fade out, and I'm going to crank up the very end as, as the guitars fade out. Oh, yeah, baby. Welcome to the Iron Show, everybody. Well, we don't have any, um, you know, any real plans uh, for tonight. We're talking about the Iron Show, and oops, we just, oh, we just got almost got back into Soft Johnny there. I guess we better back off of that. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know that World of Prophecy Forum? 
Uh, East, East, yes. World of Prophecy. I used to hang out there like long time ago. Really? You hung out at the World of Prophecy? Yeah. Oh man, I, that's that's a trip. Really? Are you sure? Eastwoods. Really? Eastwoods World of Prophecy? Yeah, yeah. Really? It's like early two thousands, I guess. That's where uh, that's where the Iron Show got started. That's right. Yeah. Was down there and. Whoa, we got some slap back. There we go. Okay, it's gone now. Uh, yeah, that's where it got started. Uh, so what was your username way back when? Uh, I can't even remember. I mean, that's when I was first, uh, you know, I had a Seventh Adventist background. So the my end times ideas were all, all messed up. And, <laughs> and then I read a few things that kind of got me straightened out. And then... And then the Eastwoods Forum was uh, where I first started to debate people and hash things out and get things figured out. It was a good place just to, yeah, to do the the, the iron sharpens iron thing with other believers. Wow. Yeah, that's where uh, Rick and I got started. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you probably know the story. Oh, yeah, with you and Rick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had uh, I started a thread that people didn't like very much. <laughs> and it was uh my thread was entitled Jesus was big, tough, ugly and scary looking. <laughs> and uh that didn't go over too good. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I know. Johnny's on the outside edge. That's why mm-hmm. we call we call it fringe Christian on the Iron Show. <laughs> Your boy Johnny is out on the outer fringes. But uh, yeah, uh, Rick came. Rick came to my aid while everybody was throwing uh, mud balls at me. And, that's uh, that's how I met Rick. So. Well, we all know Rick's very tenacious. So <laughs> when he's on your side and, and you're taking a beating, that must he must have been like a knight on a white horse. Dude. Good for Rick, dude. Yeah, he was man. He was. He was my hero. But then when you got Rick going against you, that's that's a scary place to be. <laughs> yeah, that's all right though. That's all right. I really think Jesus was a big, tough, scary-looking guy, like a really big, mean biker-looking guy. Yeah, biker-looking guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really think so. I think he's really big and strong and intimidating-looking. Because you never, you always notice that. Everywhere that he goes, people just listen to him. <sighs> you know, nobody's making fun of him or anything. Yeah. You know? And, like, when he went into to the temple to turn the money chaver, changers' temples over and, and yeah. you know, bust them all up, do you hear about any of them fighting back? Well, he had a whip helping him. <laughs> well, <laughs> answer, they were scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I'm not sure which side it would have fallen under in that big long thread, but uh, I'm glad you weren't there to throw more balls on me. You know, it makes people think, though. Yeah, you know, it wasn't that make assumptions, you know. Yeah, it's just my little theory. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think we don't know what he looked like for a reason. You know, I mean, we have general ideas. He's probably brown skinned. You know, but uh, yeah. Other than that. We don't know too much because it's good because we know we'd, uh, probably idolize the way he looked. Yeah, right. I look like Jesus and you don't kind of a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. Look, I look like Jesus. 
be some kind of thing like that and also people yes. would be yeah all the all the preachers up there would be like having plastic surgery and stuff right so, sure yeah you know, and uh had hair weaves and transplants and <laughs> <laughs> yeah god uh, god has kept certain things hidden from us for a reason but i don't think you pronounced his name jesus uh, i just i don't think it was pronounced that way yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but it sounds cool when the preachers say it. Oh yeah, friends, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I came up in the Pentecostal no, church, so that's, yeah, that's like old school, <laughs> yeah. classic Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. televangelist kind of guy. Yeah, I go to church service, and I just don't feel at home unless the preacher calls him Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was another syllable on his name, you know. Yeah. You, you read yeah. it and you're like, "Where's the other syllable? Where's the a?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have any conversation really planned for tonight, but uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I guess a lot of people want to know uh, how about Nimrod, Pete? Where's Nimrod at? He, he's history. He's in the dust, isn't he? He's still dead. Still dead. He's still dead. Uh, he's not to worry about. We just. Uh... Yeah, we can't worry about that right now. We got our job to do. We got to get out there, keep our lights shining, keep doing the good works that we were created for. But I have noticed that you keep a little jaundiced eyeball just uh, glancing over once in a while on, on the Giza Plateau. Oh yeah, I yeah. When when news breaks in that area, I pay attention. And you even send out a newsletter once a year, maybe. If you well, I, I do have a, a newsletter. Uh, an email list, right? And I haven't sent anything out for a while. It's been like a year. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even remember what it was I sent out. Oh, yeah, something no, happened. I, the... remember. I, I think it was last spring. Yeah, there was some major thing going on there. Major, uh, um, just a lot of construction happening in that area. They were setting up for this big, uh, like a motocross, uh, like international uh, motocross tour that was set up in in Giza. Right in front of the Great Pyramid, and the, the the rumors were that they were that setting up this huge thing for all the spectators was to disguise some digging that could possibly be going on underneath. So, oh, but wow. uh, I never heard anything uh, as a follow up to that. So we'll never know. Yeah, uh, we we may we may end up seeing um, uh, it turn out just like you had originally predicted, where. Um, they say, uh, behold, he's in the secret chambers. That's right. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 24, you know, if they say to you, behold, he's out in the desert, do not believe them. Or behold, he is in the secret chambers, do not go forth. That's right. For as lightning flashes from the east and shines even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the corpse is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Mm-hmm. It's that corpse, that corpse, that corpse, that corpse. He's in the desert, in the secret chamber. And, uh, and you know, in my Giza Discovery series, I go deep into that, into uh, Nimrod's other name being Asher, uh, which is related to Osiris and, and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty heavy. And then after, alongside uh, trying to dig into the biblical uh, evidence for that, I've also come across all the... 
all the secular evidence and all the new age stuff and all the you know stuff by uh, just a lot of these uh, people who are on the spiritual dark side and getting their own information from their own spiritual guides and stuff like that, like uh, guys like J.J. Hurtak. Um, oh, God, J.J. He, he's very Hurtak. deep into the uh. military-industrial complex and some of the books that he wrote. He talks about uh, a being that is being kept in the great in a pyramid in the in a chamber in the great pyramid um, there's all kinds of uh, non-biblical evidence that, that talks about this there's also lots of stuff on the internet that talks about how the resurrection of Osiris is supposed to happen on December 21st 2012 and uh, yeah there's a lot of stuff going on JJ Hertog he's like the antichrist he's like the false prophet or something that guy's wicked he's very yeah. oh. And he yes. thinks he's all that too. He just thinks he's the cat's meow. Yeah. I well, it's uh, man. The spirits that he's listening to are are flattering him and telling him he's a chosen one and and that he's supposed to lead people to the light and he's taking them into the darkness. And uh, you know, it's not only the knowledge that puffs up; it's uh, evil spirits do quite a bit of puffing too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Flattery and deception. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, uh, the human ego would just feed on that. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yep. If you don't have any identity in Jesus, you man, you're just struggling for any That's kind right. of scrap of identity you can get your hands on, huh? That's right. That's right. Well, let me see here. Um, let's look. Let's, uh, let's take a look at your face, latest Facebook post. And under Peter Good Game, anybody who wants to hook up with me or Peter Good Game, you know, look us up on Facebook, uh, join up, and uh, Johnny's there. I'm John McMahon. That's my real name, John McMahon, M-C-M-A-H-O-N. And Peter Good Game, of course. Everybody knows how to spell good game. I mean, good it's like game. Yeah, good game. Good game. I was watching you. That was a good game. <laughs> You I've got been called bad game before, also. Yeah, you've been called bad game, like when you when you drop the ball. Yeah, or, or yeah. <laughs> you drop the ball again, yeah. Pete. It hardly ever happens. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine you dropping the ball. <laughs> let's not paint. Let's not paint somebody else in our own image, because Johnny drops the ball. Johnny's known for dropping the ball. I'm getting better though. Why? What sports do you play? Uh, well, oh, oh no, are I was just, just saying. Are you just talking intellectually? <laughs> I'm just saying in general, okay. in life, Johnny, <laughs> you drop the ball again. No, I played uh, played football for um five years. Uh, Catholic, yeah. yeah, I played Catholic youth football starting in seventh grade. Yeah, and I played all the way up through high school till my senior year. I was too small, mm-hmm. so it was me against the Giants. The coach says, "John, yeah. you can't play this year." I'm sorry, man. You're not. You're just not big enough. <laughs> but so, you had the heart, Johnny. I had the heart. I wanted to play. In fact, I told the coach, "I said I'll prove it to you. I'll take you out right here." He goes, "John, get out of here before you get hurt." <laughs> <laughs> At least you tried. I did. I did. I. I played nose guard. Whoa! Yeah, I played nose guard all five years. I was the I was the ace nose guard man. 
Defense, defense, defense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was very expert at smacking the smacking the uh, center, uh, making him eat that ball every single time. <laughs> I, I played a little soccer. Couldn't play, could not play baseball. Uh, just didn't have the. Just didn't seem to be able to hit the ball. Well, I I really I couldn't play baseball when I was a kid either because I started late. I started a few years after all the other kids, and so I was never one of the elite. But but uh, my son has started has played baseball since T-ball time, so he's been he's been playing what five six years now. And wow, uh, his latest team that he's been on the past couple of years are the Giants, the Kainalu Giants, and. Uh, and after the season was over, he's been taken up into All-Stars each year. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, last year, they, their team won a district tournament, and he was the game, he was the winning pitcher for two games. And then um, this year, they made it to the state tournament, and they finished third in states for the 11-year-olds. Um, he he wow. pitched in two games, won both games. One of the games he pitched, uh, it was a four-inning shutout. It was called because we, we won 10-0. Uh, he pitched a no-hitter, gave up only one walk. Wow. And so he, he looks a lot like Tim Lincecum. Really, he had his uh, eye on those guys. Lean, lean like me, but got long, long arm that, you know, he uses it like a whip. And just wow. uh, and he had a curveball dropping that was just confusing these kids. And this team that he beat went... The next, it's double elimination. We give them the first loss, and then the next game they scored thirty runs. <laughs> so the team that he shut out scored thirty runs the next game. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they got so good at swinging his at his curveball. <laughs> well, I guess the other kid didn't know how to throw a curve the next game. Oh, they, they got so good. The batters got so good at trying to connect with that curveball. The next team that came up they just they just knocked them all out of the park i guess i guess it's like jimmy page used to practice with a beat-up old acoustic so when he got up back on his les paul he just was a monster oh yeah curveball had a mind of its own i'm jealous of guys like that who can throw a decent decent pitch i I still can't i can't throw a curve you know a lot of that has to do with the geometry of the of a guy's arm how you're built yeah, the way the muscles and tendons hook into it, a throwing yeah. arm. A throwing arm what? is born. That's what my coach used to say. I see. I don't know. Well, he's also got good coaches, and they and they don't overuse him. And we know how the curveball does do a lot of wear and tear on your arm. But there's a certain way to throw it where you're not uh, you're not in danger. So he's he's taking a big off season. He's not playing this fall. Baseball starts again in January. Is he so, going to keep going? Try to get into the minors and well, he'll, college. Yeah, well, he's uh, he'll be a twelve-year-old next year. So uh, hopefully, we'll go to Pennsylvania to the Little League World Series. Wow, you guys we'll can take see. it that far, huh? Yeah, well, that's the goal. Wow, how many little league teams are there in the United States? Oh, there's thousands. Thousands, yeah. literally thousands. Yeah. So f- for his team to go, he da- he. He, he'll be on the 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 league all star team. From the league, you got to win your district tournament. Then you got to win your state tournament. And then you got to win a regional tournament that would be in California. 
Oh, West Coast and Hawaii. Yeah, in West Coast on the West Coast, and then uh, and then after you win your if you win your regional tournament, then you're in one of like twelve teams that goes to uh, uh, Pennsylvania for the Little League World Series. Wow. There are twelve American teams, and there's also a whole international um, group that comes also. I used so, to live in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. Yep, I lived in Pittsburgh. Used to play in Pittsburgh State Park when I was a kid. Uh, Never, I've never been to Pennsylvania. Yep, yep. Oh, but yeah, we got a buzzsaw on the Iron Show. What's up? That's my neighbor. Sounds like he's uh, grinding metal. Sounds like Johnny's guitar. <laughs> yes, it does. Buzzsaw on the Iron Show. Oh, yeah. Just when the conversation started to slow down... We get the buzz saw. It's it's a gift from God. I, let me try and close a couple windows. <laughs> oh, he stopped now. Okay. Then it's going to get all stuffy in there and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> now, unlike Oregon here where it's like uh, minus two degrees, it's like, uh, it's like what, a balmy 73 degrees there in Hawaii, isn't it? Probably about 78. Oh, man. I hate you already. Yeah. I had to cool down with a Jamba Juice. Oh, man, you had to cool down? Yeah. Oh, the Iron Show studio, it's like two degrees in here. But, <laughs> wow. Uh, that's okay. The computer likes it nice and cold. And all this, all these all these amplifiers and stuff, they like it nice and cold. So Let's see here. Well, let's see. Why don't we? I was talking about Facebook. Let's read uh, Peter Good Games' latest... Uh, Facebook uh, entry. Ah, Peter Goodgame. The scoundrel's methods are wicked. He makes up evil schemes to destroy the poor with lies, even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. Isaiah 32, 7 through 8. Well, it's uh, it's been a political season, and uh, that's uh, kind of just been, uh, you know, on my mind, politics, economics, what's happening to this country. I I have a unique perspective. It's kind of a dissident perspective. I don't really fall right in line with your typical right-wing evangelical Christian because I think the typical American's understanding of history and of God's view of America is, is very biased and slanted. And so I, I get into trouble because of that, but... Uh, but, you know, I just try and uh, do my best to, to understand the world. Well, not as much trouble as I get into because I'm a longshoreman and we support Democrats in the union. Well, it's, a, it's an economic thing, yeah. You support what's in your best interest. That's how democracy works. Yep. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can't get in line with all the things the Democrats do, obviously. I mean, Obama, yeah. he's like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Oh, this is one thing that I really hate is that where he's uh, he's uh, turning in Arizona, the state of Arizona, the United Nations Human Rights uh, Division. There, uh, boy, that bothers me. <laughs> A president of the United States turning in one of the states to the UN. I mean, well, he's just he's opening the door for them for the UN to make. What, do an investigation or make some sort of pronouncement? I mean, the UN has no teeth. They really can't do anything, but 
but it's just another way to uh, slap the people of Arizona in the face for for wanting to do what they want to do, you know, which is understandable, which is crack down on their borders and their whole problem with illegal aliens. Yeah, and why do they travel millions of miles across empty space just to take us up on their ships and um, do strange experiments on us? I mean, are we that interesting? <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're talking oh, you about, were talking uh, about the ones from Mexico. Talking about... Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Never uh, mind. Intergalactic <laughs> aliens rather than illegal aliens. But they're, they're, both, a, they're both an issue. They're, they're yeah. both an issue. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I think the UN is also uh, involved in the, the, the intergalactic alien thing also, but... Uh, really, it seems like they're buddies with, with both kinds of aliens. Oh, I think so. The, the UN seems to follow along with the line that, uh, that we were created by aliens. Right. They are gonna, they're coming to be our saviors. That the, seems to be the UN. The uh, alien gospel. Yeah, sure. Right. We, they're going to show up in their mile-wide craft, and nobody's going to be able to deny them because it's going to be on all the news stations, and they're going to say... It's the Alien Gospel 101. We made you. Jesus was one of us anyway. You don't need to worry about all of that because you've outgrown that. And now we're going to have you throw all that away and lead you into a new kind of peace. But I don't think that can happen while any any true Christians are are on this earth because all it would take is one Christian to rebuke them in the name of Jesus and uh, they'd have to leave. <laughs> well, that's so, interesting. You know, I never even heard, I never even considered that. Yeah. Just one. Uh, yeah. That's all it would take. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's why this whole alien thing is always in the shadows and on the sideline. And so I don't think any kind of, like alien, full-on alien disclosure is going to happen on, on this side of the Day of the Lord. Oh, oh because, that's interesting. Because they have no authority over true believers. At least believers who under, truly understand who they are and they represent heaven and they, and they speak the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, aliens are, are scared to death of us. Demons, aliens. Demons, aliens, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we should let it be known that I think Pete and I both feel the same way. There, some kind of a demonic manifestation, uh, fallen angel manifestation, fallen angel. Yeah. Yes, dark spiritual forces, powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's interesting, though. One decent, God-fearing Christian rebuking him, and it's all over for him. In your opinion. I don't see why not. Yeah. As my Bible tells me is that that, uh, through Christ we've been given all authority. So when we see a demon, we cast him out. End of story. Interesting. I have never even considered... uh, I've never considered that proposal. That one one decent God-fearing Christian could command the authority of Christ and they'd all have to be gone. Yeah. So I think... There's plenty of... Decent God-fearing Christians, and the demons are still attacking people. What's that again? There's plenty of decent God-fearing Christians proclaiming the name of Jesus, and there's still we still have demonic attacks and everything. Yeah, and you still have, um, you know, uh, 
so-called alien encounters and and stuff like that. But uh, you know, there's a there's a few guys out there who who research that whole thing from a Christian perspective, and and there's plenty of testimony and, and evidence that uh, these these alien intrusions can be stopped in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Lynn Marzulli has uh, documented all that. Yeah. Tom Bionic too, busy boy. That's right. Um, and also the the also the um, the sleep paralysis issue. That's a huge issue right. where yeah. you could be an alien uh, manifestation or uh, demonic slash alien manifestations, or even just demons on their own are pretty. They don't they don't need to disguise it as an alien. They can just show up on their own and uh, cause all kinds of damage. But they all fear. They all run from the name of Jesus. And it's through no power of our own, of course. Right. It's that authority. We're ambassadors. We carry the authority. Okay, here's another quote from Peter Goodgame. I'm reading his Facebook uh, posts. So for everybody who is missing out on all this wonderful Peter Goodgame quotes, uh, join Facebook and stuff. Hook up with us. Uh, right. Now you are as good as a Muslim as you are a Christian. If you don't do the words of Jesus, you are as good a Buddhist as you are a Christian. If you don't do the words of Jesus, what will determine whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, or a Buddhist will determine on whose, on whose words you obey, not whose words you know. The, whose words you obey, Jesus said... Why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? That's a quote from Curry Blake. Yeah, that. Then there's a link to like a 15 minute teaching on that, and and basically all he's saying is, um, uh, faith without works is dead, and uh, you you prove that you are a Christian, you prove that you are saved. You know, you're saved through, you know, by grace through faith, but you your salvation is proven through the through what you do by obeying. What the Lord Jesus said to do, and uh, and the Lord Jesus brought with him the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling the world to Him, and and that's what we do by by continuing that ministry, bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to the world, preaching the gospel to the to the poor, you know, breaking the yokes of bondage, speaking out for justice. All those things are part of the ministry of reconciliation, and it's but it's something. You actually have to do. It's not just... And the point he makes is that uh, uh, in this talk, he talks about the five pillars of Islam and the eightfold path of Buddhists and then also the two most important commandments uh, for a Christian as Jesus talked talked about it. And so he said, look, you've now heard all of the all of the beliefs, all the stated beliefs of, of Buddhism, Islam, and Christianity. What... what how you can prove that you're a Christian is not simply by hearing the words and agreeing, it's by actually going out and doing what Jesus told us to do. <clears throat> Somebody would come back at you and say, well, so, Pete, you're saying you're saved by works, actually. That's what you're trying to tell me, right, Pete? Yeah, that that would be the argument, I'm sure. Right, but what you're saying is that works are uh, an evidence. It's an uh, overflow of, of a true heart change. Right. Yeah. You're not saved by works, but works are evidence of your state of uh, salvation. That's right. Because if you really believe in Jesus, you're going to get busy. That's right. Right? That's right. How real is he to you? 
right? That's right. People go through those seasons in their life, though, where they go through a season of hearing and then a season of doing. And some some go through seasons of hearing and doing instantly. Uh, everybody's kind of different. That's true. I know that's how I was for so many so long. I went through that long season of hearing but not doing. And here, when I started the Iron Show, I started doing. That's right. And after I did Iron Show 7 with Peter Goodgame, I started getting bold because uh, Peter Goodgame said, told me, you don't have to argue with anybody. You don't have to make a fuss. You just go out and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. The kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. We serve... A mighty God who's the creator of the universe. Ever since you said that, it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. One of my main things is when, when people... Um, I never miss an opportunity, no matter what. Even when I'm on the waterfront with big, tough, scary, mean man. <laughs> I, uh, somebody will say uh, Jesus' name in vain. They'll cast and they'll go, Jesus Christ. They'll speak up and I'll go, I know him. <laughs> Every time, and I always get this weird look. Nobody, it's the weirdest thing. It doesn't matter who you're around, how tough, how mean they are. They're your boss, they're not your boss. They say Jesus is a cuss word. You go, I know him. And the look that you get with absolutely no reply, it's the weirdest thing. You can see the gears turning. It's it's, kind of like a... a a curious look, but also a meek and humble look, like, oh, like oh. I did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you know, you don't, what, the way I say it is, is like, you know, when somebody's talking about, you know, like you might be at like a, I don't know, if you're like at a party or something and somebody's talking about this guy that you know, and you know, you hear him talking about it and you go, oh, I know him. That's, that's how I say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> So, uh, and also, you know, every time I always take advantage of people who are in really bad moods, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> it's my turn to step in and say, you know, uh, dude, man, you need Jesus. I mean, they're just, That's right. you know, I mean, you're, uh, very, you're delivering them from oppression. And, and you think, oh yeah, well, you're just using that bad mood as an excuse to slam Jesus in their face. Well, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 really and and um and I feel really guilty about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I don't. <laughs> I get <laughs> I got nothing to feel guilty about. You know. You know, you could be anywhere, and and uh, you can just you know. I now I've over the last three years, I've kind of become like a people watcher. So I I'm not introverted. I'm not looking at myself and and worrying about my own issues. When I go out into the world, I'm I'm looking at people's faces and I'm looking for opportunities for God to use me. And you know, when you see someone who's uh, and you can just see like a spirit of depression on people, you know. And and yeah. I've just every time I've I've decided to uh, uh, approach people in that situation, they've always they've always received it. And they've never been angry, and there's just a way to do it where you can come across humbly and gently, but in a way that lifts their spirits and um, and just really uh, brings light back to them and takes a weight off of them. 
and you know it's just it's it's real easy and it's it's not that hard to do but it means a lot to people you know you can also ask god to to give you insight and information to what they're struggling with and and you can blow people away by what god will will share with you that you can share with them right i mean it's a witness to them because the holy spirit yes the holy spirit to speak Speak, yeah. uh, speak some word of knowledge to me so that I can speak into their lives. Right. And that's a, that's a prophecy, really. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a witness. And, they, and their soul will witness to that, even if they don't even hear it. You know? uh, I, get, I, do, I do get some, I do get some um, flack from people who are <laughs> having a bad time. There's Not from one, longshoremen. There's no this way. one guy. Yeah, there's this one guy that I... Man, you know, I, oh yeah. So yeah, you know, I start saying, say something about Jesus and he gets right in my face. He goes, do I care? I'm like, uh, well, I think you do. No, I don't. I go, well, I think way down deep you care. Do I care? No, I don't. Not yet. I don't like anybody preaching to me. I wasn't preaching to you. I just said something about Jesus, you know, and uh, it was just kind of a matter of fact statement, you know. It's not like I was preaching to you. I, I wasn't even talking to you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I really feel that you've you've been kind of deprived because you haven't. You've been deprived of people that really hate Jesus. You need to confront one of those guys. That'll be good for you. <laughs> oh boy, because they're I've, out there. Protected me. Oh, I know, I know. You know, you know, Hawaii is like the most liberal state in the union. Is it? Oh yeah. I mean, these last elections, um, it's very interesting because you know, all across the mainland in Alaska, there's there's been a whole right wing backlash where Republicans and conservatives are fired up and. You know, there was, what, a 60-seat swing in the House of Representatives? Right. But uh, it's almost like in Hawaii there was a backlash to the backlash. Oh. You know, our, our state's so liberal that it's like our, our Republicans lost seats, um, uh, at least in our state legislature. And we elected, like, one of the most far-left governors in in the union, Neil Abercrombie, who's been a high-level uh in the House of Representatives nationally for a number of years. So, uh, yeah, uh, the church here is kind of, uh, kind of freaking out, kind of freaking out because they're afraid that, uh, they're gonna, because now the Democrats have the governorship and, um, and the mayor of Honolulu County and the state legislature and the state Senate, you know, it's, uh, they're afraid they're going to be pushing through all these left-wing things like uh, civil unions and that kind of thing. Gay marriage. And raising taxes and and cracking down on economic freedom. That's tax what and spend liberals. Yeah. More taxes, bigger government, all this kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But you know, uh, the Democrats have one thing. That the a lot of the the liberals and the Democrats have one thing that the Christian the Christian can really get behind, and they always want to take care of the widows and the the fatherless children. They want money going to them. They want to help the poor people. They want big government to promote uh, big government social spending. 
Yeah. See yeah, now, the Christians, you got to be careful. You know, yeah. you can't get you can't stand against that. The Democrats have always supported the, you know, the 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 safety net, right? For the for those at the bottom, and that's and that's true. And you know, the the downside of that is that uh, it's like a dis- redistributive kind of thing where they're uh, making the rich pay taxes and right. distributing it to the poor. And so I fall somewhere in between there because I. You know, I, you know, lately I've Me been too. reading a lot about economics. And, yes, uh, we were going to talk too, about that a little bit. It's too bad Rick wasn't here, but uh, it actually frees me up, though, because... <laughs> oh, I can invite him if you want. <laughs> no, I think he's busy responding to some of my Facebook posts yes. right now. He's, he's uh, yeah. for all those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Pete and uh, Rick have been uh, debating for the last couple months. Yeah, well, it's the the only thing is I'm not I'm not such a big uh, promoter and defender of, of free market economics, that's all. I I'm um, not either. Yeah, I just uh, the way I see it is that uh, you know, the Bible says that the that the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. The Bible says that in the end times people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Um, there's just so many um, so many warnings about about that in scripture and and there's also uh, there's also commandments where in uh, there's certain passages that talk about how um, the church is just supposed to command those who are rich among them to give to the poor and to yes. take care of those who are less fortunate you know and yes and uh, so we're, we we're, we're to command the rich to give willingly as strange that may sound yes. We're to command the rich to give willingly. Yes. And so... Uh, While it may be wrong to force them, they are to be yes. incredibly encouraged. Yes. You know... But socialism is basically when, when the rich are forced, when they're forced to do that. And the, nobody likes being told what to do. No. And that's why we have this this huge libertarian backlash, which is the, the Tea Party's really... Uh, uh, really a libertarian movement and it's basically the spirit of it is don't tell me what to do and right and i can identify with that uh, yeah to me too a great deal but uh but that's what it's all about and so it's um throughout this whole process i i'm just trying to f- figure out you know what is god's purpose for government um where is the christian supposed to stand in it because i've also had uh, friends who are real close to me being very active in politics here locally. Right. Your assistant and, pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really um, fired up and really passionate about trying to change things on the political level. And and for me, it, it's been, uh, you know, I've just had to uh, take a step back and, and try and figure out, you know, where is God in all this? And at the same time, not just being... Um, being open-minded and non-judgmental, and understanding that uh, uh, you know, even if you know the Republican Party platform isn't isn't completely in line with God's will, there are a lot of people who have a heart for God. That even though they might not be doing everything in line with the will of God, their their heart is in the right place. So it's just been real interesting for me, and 
And I've also matured to the point where I, I don't have to um, argue with people, and I'm learning how to get along with people that don't think exactly the way I do. <laughs> yes, me too. Ever since I started the Iron Show uh, with yeah, Rick, you got to. Yeah, that has you been uh, that has been a huge challenge, and yeah. uh, a lot of times you have to. Uh, it's kind of like when you're married. Do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Like Doctor Phil says, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You just have to kind well, of concede and then try to make your point in a different way if you sure. can. You know. I mean, you have to like. Now, there's one thing. There's one thing that I have to tell everybody here. And uh, there is something you told me in Iron Show Seven, and I encourage everybody to listen to Iron Show Seven because it was a huge life changer for me. Um, it's, it's only about four hours. So. It's only about four hours, and it's four hours well spent. The, the second half's the fun the fun part. That's the, yeah. The second half is, uh, you could skip the first half. That's cool, too, though. The second half is where, is the life-changing stuff, if you ask me. Yeah. But uh, you told me, you told me that we got to find a way to not get offended. And you were talking about each other's theology. But sure. that has, every morning, every morning I hear that echoing in my head when I wake up. And every night when I go to bed, I hear your voice echoing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need an exorcist, Pete. I got Pete in my head. Dude, <laughs> I'm hearing voices. But that that has been a huge, um, that has been one of the single most biggest life-changing words that have ever come to me and we need to find a way to not get offended and that is so that is so important i just can't uh i can't say it enough i can't emphasize it enough and obviously it's something that's really haunted me well you know um help is on the way and this is something i almost posted earlier in matthew chapter 13 it talks about the parable of the wheat and the tares Yes. And it's talking about the final harvest. And it's interesting, if you look n- near the end of that parable, it talks about how the Lord's going to release angels from heaven um, to gather up, right? The wheat and the tares represent people. Right. But right. It, but before that, it says, these angels are going to gather up every stumbling block. And another translation says, everything that causes offense from his kingdom. So, I think... What I think that represents really is mindsets, where we we make uh, mountains out of molehills on certain issues, usually doctrinal issues. Yeah, like the rapture. We get because people we divided. Have been, yeah, all these things that create division and cause people to get offended. Where you see all these different church splits, where they people only want to hang out with people who think exactly like they think. Right. You know, it's like people who will be listening to a pastor preach on TV and. And it's like they'll listen if they agree. If they don't agree, they'll turn turn the station. It's like it's like they only have an ear to hear. Oh, well, you know this guy's so great. He's he's an amazing teacher. He says exactly what I already think. You know, it's people. <laughs> What's up? People got to get over that. You know, and people got to humble themselves a little more and understand and try and try and figure out where God has placed them, what their gifts are, what their calling is, and what it isn't. You know. Right. There are people that are experts in certain areas, and and you can't pretend to be an expert on every single area, or to be someone who needs to shout an opinion into every single area. And I'm preaching to myself there too. Oh, me too, me too. 
uh, I, you know, I shout opinions into every single area, you know. <laughs> but I admit, though, that I have a very limited understanding in my present fallen state. And just just being a human, uh, my brain just isn't big enough to, uh, you know, to have all the answers. And I, I think we all need to acknowledge that. We can't have all the answers, not all of them. Not every one of us have all the answers. Uh, being a longshoreman uh, makes me even more limited in my mental capacity. <laughs> and growing up in the 70s makes me even less limited, more limited than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you got Jesus, so That's all right. those obstacles can be overcome. Right, so now when you were talking about the angels uh, removing the stumbling blocks. Yeah. What? Do you? I, you know what? That just went right over my head. I have no, I, no I just, idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have I, no, no idea I, what that means. It goes back to what I think the, the things that uh, people are offended about, that they shouldn't be. And I think it's talking about uh, the removal of things that offend, but also the removal of mindsets. Like, for instance, the church is very, uh, uh, for the most part, there's a good segment of the church that's very suspicious of the supernatural. And they will give all um, all honor and glory to the devil for being able to move supernaturally. You know, and they talk about, um, you know, like the Black Awakening coming, where there's going to be these people, these demon-possessed people who have supernatural powers running around. Yet there's there's a complete... You know, other side to that where, um, you know, ideally Christians are supposed to be endued with supernatural power, running around, um, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, and uh, with uh, signs and wonders following, confirming the words that come out of their mouths. So I think that's one stumbling block that's going to be removed is this this uh, real suspicion, this hardcore suspicion of signs and wonders in general. And we're going to understand that uh, that the supernatural is something that uh, you know it's all part of the gifts. It's all part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, as far as what Paul wrote, and uh, really, I go um, if you go to uh, Revelation and you look at what it talks about the Church of Laodicea, and it talks about really it talks about the American Church. I believe it talks about it speaks in the language of commerce. You know, it talks about how these people are. Let me just read that. It's pretty amazing, you know, the the indictment against the, that church, but also the uh, the suggestions that God gives to that Jesus gives to to change their situation. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this: I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. Now, now here he says, I know your deeds, right? He doesn't say he's not criticizing their beliefs. He's criticizing their deeds. And and then he says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So this is a church that is very familiar with with commerce, right? It's almost like this is a free market church here. They're they're used to anything they need. They're going to go to Walmart and buy it. 
So Jesus is saying, you know what you need to buy? You need to buy gold refined by fire. You need to buy white garments that you can close yourself and eye salve to anoint your eyes. So um, the gold refined by fire talks about pure faith. The white garments talks about righteous acts of the saints. That's also confirmed in Revelation. And then this eye salve is something that I had. Uh, it was a mystery to me for a while until I started to dig into my uh, my studies in economics and, and all that kind of thing biblically. Um it goes back to what Jesus said about um, about how you cannot serve God and mammon. And if you read that, oh, that's my daughter Gabby, by the way. She's coming in to check on me. Say hi, Gabby. Hi. Uh, she can barely hear. Her. Hey, Gabby. Um, hi, Gabby. Johnny, Johnny says hi. Hi. Good to talk to you. Glad you're here. Daddy, you like okay. I'm gonna take it one second here. I gotta, I gotta deal with her. What's that, Gabby? Elijah and me wanted to bring what to watch, and Elijah says, we can watch this, but I don't want to. I'm watching Robin Hood. No, How long to... is that? But Gabby got to watch, like, so much stuff, and I don't want to watch it. But it's Will you let him watch it? Me. Will you let him watch but it? what can I do? And I'll, and I'll pay you back later. How much? I'll... I'm not going to pay you money. Listen, this is a girl that understands commerce. <laughs> right on. That's the way I was when I was her age. Oh, yeah. What do I got to pay you? We got you a Jamba Juice. Why don't you go watch Robin Hood with, Get with Eli? Okay? No, and we'll work something out later. To. I'm kind of in the middle of something real important here. But I don't want to do this. <laughs> Mom will be home soon. And she will solve everything. Everything? Yes. Are you hungry? No. Okay. Thanks, Gabby. Okay. <laughs> it's the real world, folks. Yes, it is. My my kids are in the other room. They couldn't figure out. They couldn't agree on what to watch. Oh, I miss those days. <sighs> anyway. You know, I'm an old parent. My daughter, she's 22. And uh, I saw her today. She said, uh, we had a long conversation. She said, hey. And then she said, she, hey. Hey. <laughs> then she drove away she, in her car. She acknowledged that you exist. Yes, I, but what's, what I do relish is when her car breaks down and I stretch it out into something really serious, so I have to spend a day and a half with her fixing it. <laughs> Good for you. Yep. I hope she's wow. not listening. Now, now she'll, be, she'll be wise to my game. Uh-huh. Oh, no, uh-huh. look at that here. Oh, that hose. That hose is bad. Feel that? I don't feel it bad. Now it's right there. It's almost worn through. Now it feels fine to me. No, it's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go to Napa. Because <laughs> I know the part won't be at Napa, so I know we got to drive all over town and have a nice <laughs> Oh, what a good dad you are, making quality time out of thin air. Miss my daughter. <laughs> uh. Anyway, okay. oh, I wanted to say one thing really quick is that um, if you've ever studied Laodicea, uh, the Laodiceans, the Laodiceans, they were rich and were known uh, worldwide for their quality eye salve. So they were. Yes, that's that's interesting. Yes. So it's like Jesus was really thrown in their face, saying, "You know, you think you're wealthy when they they were wealthy." And uh, he was telling them that's nothing. That's, and then he said, "You should, you should get some eye salve." That was really hurting their feelings when he said that. I mean, because they I had see. the best. That's what they were I known see. for. I see. Well, um, in the in the section in Matthew where Jesus says you cannot serve God and Mammon, you know, and, and he Mammon talks is about the God of money, right? 
Well, well mammon just represents wealth, yeah, oh. material things, wealth. Um, but it, there's in the King James, there's a there's a unique way that he phrased it. Jesus said, um, "Pray that your eye be single." You know, single-minded. Like, yeah, you need to be single-minded. You need to be focused on God and not be distracted by mammon whatsoever. So I think this ISAB has something about has something to do with being able to focus on the kingdom of God. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So that's what I think. Where the, I think the ISAB comes in, it's it's get this ISAB so you can focus on heaven and not be distracted by the things of this world. Um, so those are the three things that Jesus said. You know, if 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 you if you're really a smart shopper, this is what you'd be getting. Okay. So that's the it's the language that the Laodicean church understands. Um, but then he says, "Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent." So he's telling the church to be zealous. Uh, that's a very important one um, because that's what Paul said. That should be our attitude toward the gifts. You know, we all understand that we're supposed to seek God. We're supposed to seek His face. We're supposed to, you know, have our eye on Him. We're supposed to be focused on Him. But in addition to that, Paul said that we're to seek, to zealously seek the gifts of the Spirit. And this is where the whole supernatural thing comes in, because we're not, you know, we're not supposed to. Uh, we're supposed to seek God and the gifts at the same time on parallel tracks, and we're both. And and the Scripture that says uh, to seek the gifts, zealously seek the gifts, can be literally translated as to uh, to zealously lust after. Okay, these are the things that we're actually supposed to spiritually lust after, is to want to be able to move in the gifts, to move, you know, supernaturally as the body of Christ here on earth. So that's what I have to say about that. Oh, would that I felt that way. Well, it's uh, keep pursuing the renewed mind. It's getting more and more. I'm I'm getting more and more in that direction. But to, uh, to really have the... To really have a a burning passion. That's what, that's for, what that's what he's calling us to have. Absolutely, right. yeah. And you know, if you ask Jesus for that, he'll give you. That's a good thing to ask for. Yeah, that's a good. That's a that wouldn't be a, ever be a bad. Um, that wouldn't be ever a bad wish. Yeah, right. That's right. It would not. It would not. Okay, one second. Yes, Gabby? Elijah locked me out. Oh, he just unlocked it. I heard him. Elijah's 12 and Gabby's 7. And it's strange. They don't always get along perfectly. No, well, they're family. Of course they don't. (laughs) Oh, man. My brother, my younger brother and my sister. Oh, man. They used to just fight like cats and dogs. It was incredible. I used to come in. I was the oldest of four. So I was the one who had to um, be the mediator in the family, drag him apart, and uh, warn my brother if you know if you hurt if you if if you're yelling at her and stuff if you hurt her, I'm gonna hurt you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. That's just uh, that's the way it was in my family. I don't know what that has to do with anything. It's the real world, man. It's the real world, buddy. We're all just, we're all just real people trying to make it. Yep. You know, I, and I haven't, you know, I love to get back to writing. I love to have time to uh, to sit down and, and turn like a lot of the stuff that I've studied into into books, you know. I, 
because I have I got like three books that I could publish you yeah. know, on, on my website if I just took the time. But you know, we're we're paying a mortgage and we That's live right. in Hawaii and standard of living is high. My wife works full time. I work full time. Earlier today, I was just putting up like a two page job proposal for uh, my next two weeks. It's uh, I had the day off today. I finished up a big uh, a two week kitchen job Friday. I have one day off. Now I'm going to uh, do some finish work uh, to uh, install some trim on this uh, addition that's just been drywalled in in town in Honolulu. Um, and that will last me the next four days. And then I got to start another job on Monday. You know, life is just—it's real, man. We gotta. Yeah. You are. You are. Go gotta pay the bills. You're a finished carpenter, aren't you? Uh, I, I frame too. I. Oh, you frame I do, too. But, uh, yeah, I, you specialize I, I, I in the form, form carpentry. Uh, anything with wood, I can take care of. You specialize in the pretty finished stuff, though, don't you? Yeah, I'm good at that. Yeah. I mean, because you like build, you can build like you build like cabinets and things like cabinets that too. And stuff. I, but I've also done like decks. I've done. Uh, there's a local politician in town that I've done a lot of work on her place. Uh, I did a bunch of deck work uh, and like outside uh, lawn furniture and stuff out of Ipe. Ipe is like a Brazilian hardwood. Oh. Supposedly, supposedly it doesn't burn and it doesn't float. Oh, it's like it's, rock hard. Oh, it's like ironwood. <laughs> yeah, it's ironwood. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it is ironwood. It is. It is ironwood of, of a type of ironwood. Oh yep. wow! I tried to carve some of that. My mom was a famous wood carver. She has a. She had well, she's dead now, but she had. Uh, she still has carvings in the White House. And, wow! Yeah, that's bit, awesome. Yeah, so I know a lot about wood. I grew yeah. up, and I she carved a piece of ironwood for this guy that. Gave her an incredible amount of money to do it, and it took her. Oh man, that thing took her forever. You want to talk about hard? You're the sharpest, sharpest knife. You go at it, and you just get a little sliver off of it. Yeah, and then you got to sharpen your your tools again. Oh yeah. Oh, it'll destroy your tools. Yep. Yep. It's amazing stuff. I tried carving it when I was a kid. I wanted to make a skateboard out of it, and it burned up uh, three. Three bandsaw blades, and my dad said, "Nope, you're done." <laughs> <laughs> I could see little Johnny working away on his skateboard. <laughs> on his smoke, co- smoke coming out of the bandsaw. <laughs> and it was one of those old-fashioned bandsaws. When the blade broke, it went flying around the room, cutting people's heads off. So, <laughs> oh wow! Exciting. <laughs> anyway, yep. So uh, we have Peter Goodgame as the carpenter. Just like Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus was a handyman more than a carpenter, I've heard. I don't know. I've heard he was like a mosaic tile specialist. Really? It depends on the interpretation of that Greek word, I, I believe. But on the History Channel, they said he was just a general handyman. <sighs> a Mr. Fixit. I think he was a fine, finished carpenter. That's what I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of car... Would Jesus drive me? <laughs> what kind of car? You drive like a Hyundai. A Hyundai, an import. Well, that's what my wife drives. Oh, actually, it's supposed to be pronounced Hyundai. 
rhymes with Sunday. No, I think he'd drive a Detroit, a piece of Detroit steel myself, but, I mean, you know. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> that's debatable. And it would have some kind, it'd be like an old Ford, like a 75 Ford like mine. Take it, F-150. A Ford but, F-150. Yeah, Ford F-150, 1975, vintage year so he could get parts easy. Uh-huh. Throw all his throw all his tools in the back, but it would have this um, mysterious drive. Wouldn't be a gas engine. It would have this mysterious drive that tapped uh, energy out of the uh, out of the ether. Uh huh. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. So he wouldn't want to be burning gas. He's probably not into burning a bunch of fossil, you know, bunch of fossils. Well, I- I think he would be um, sympathetic to the environmental issues. I think so. Not completely carried away with them, but sympathetic. Sympathetic. You know? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like how you think, Pete. <laughs> Moderation. That is what's so wonderful about having you here on The Iron Show. Oh, yes. It's been too long, too. So we were um we were talking about Laodicea and uh, well, yeah, oh. and how the Laodicean church seems to uh, be typical of the American church, and uh, and really, I just think the American church is really, uh, you know, has one foot in the world and, and one eye on on Jesus, and they're not to that we're not to that point where we have that single eye focused on heaven and and you know being the wealthiest. Uh, well, just being so wealthy, not necessarily with the wealthiest, but the most powerful, wealthy nation in the world. Um, right. Um, We're losing just, that I, position, but still. I mean, we've got that attitude. Yeah. yeah material yeah. attitude. I mean, we've got churches like, we got preachers like Joel Osteen. <clears throat> now, oh, yes. I can't say, uh, I can't say everything against Joel Osteen, because I really do believe that he is put on this earth, his mission for Jesus. He's an encourager. He is an encourager, yeah. And I actually, think my, my wife, my wife really likes him. I think um, there's a lot of value it, in that. Yeah, there is. He is an encourager. He is. He he'll get you, uh, you know, back to a positive attitude of of looking at the greatness of God and what God can accomplish. But having said that, I don't really. He hasn't really fed me that much, and I'm not. I'm not too interested in in uh, in his uh, webcasts or sermons, but. No, but I do like I do like the encouraging part because sure. I mean he doesn't I mean a lot of people think he just encourages you towards wealth. But he doesn't I mean a lot of the stuff he does he encourages you spiritually too. That's true. I mean you can That's he's true. like part of his a lot of his messages, you know, you can be at that real Christian that you've always wanted to be. I mean that's within your reach. And that's an important message because there's a lot of people out there and myself included who really deep down don't think we can be that real Christian. You know, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? It seems daunting if you think you got to accomplish it on your, by yourself. Well, yeah, that is a huge thing. A lot of people uh, will think, uh, you know, they, they think that they've got to accomplish that in their own flesh. Yeah. You know, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's trying to, uh, it's trying to reach uh, new covenant goals with an old covenant mindset. Right, and uh, yeah, you can't pour old wine into new, into new wineskins. Right, that's what so. that means. I always wondered what that meant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. 
But getting back to economics and, and stuff like that, okay, um, you know, seven years ago, I wrote an online series called American Babylon, where I really compare Revelation 17 and 18 with with the current events and America's place in history, and uh, and uh, you know our our situation as being the the front runner uh, for for global capitalism. And uh, ever since then, I've always just had a healthy mistrust of out-of-control capitalism. And it's it's tough because, you know, from a Republican standpoint, it's like the free market is worshipped as a god, and uh, it seems like there's just a lot of idolatry there. And uh, I just think that the, the blinders need to come off, and we need to just be open-minded about you know, capitalism is a truly dynamic system, you know, and it's, let's talk about wealth creation, there's been nothing greater, nothing like it ever in the world that can stand up to capitalism, but but yet, there's always a downside to any any human, you know, any, any ideology that has a human source, there's always going to be a downside, you know, there's always going to be, um, there's a term I'm looking for, um, uh, my mind's going blank here. But anyway, the, the end result of, of any human system is failure. You know, the only thing that, uh, that is eternal is the kingdom of God. And when, if there's any sort of worldly corruption in, in any ideology, it's going to fail. And so uh, that's what I've been doing recently is digging back deeper into economics and trying to look at... at uh, you know this the this big uh, well like what's going on nationally uh, with President Obama and what and his methods for uh, saving the economy or whatever and and honestly I think right now both sides are so tied up with the, the rich and powerful and with Wall Street that uh, they really I think that nobody believes the system can be saved and nobody's even trying to save the system I think it's all these different uh, parties that are working for their own self-interest that are simply trying to grab into the pile as much as they can for themselves before it all blows up. All right, how's that for a cliffhanger, everybody? Yes, uh, this is an epic uh, Peter Good Game series uh, spanning hours. So please come back and download uh, the next uh, installment of this uh, epic new Peter Good Game series. Johnny out.